0: Here. I'm glad you're here. Was well, uh, yesterday a no good time for oh, you? Yeah. Perfect. Would you join with me in a word of prayer uh, so that we can so ready? ready to that Father, we thank you that uh, you've invited us to come into your presence with Thanksgiving and praise, and singing songs about you to you, uh, but you've also invited us to come into your presence through your word, we ask now in Jesus' name that our hearts and minds will be open to receive understanding and wisdom through your word, you, God, that our lives will be transformed, in Jesus' name, amen. I thought it was kind of interesting, um, first of all, I'm speaking today and for the next couple of weeks on different ways that God leads. Uh and uh, maybe you got my email. This is one of the most common questions I think that people ask, desire to know is, you know, they want to be led by God. How can I, how can I hear God more clearly, or how can I know what God's will is for my life? And so we're going to look at several areas where, or several different means by which God leads you. And one of the songs we sang just a few minutes ago, uh, the chorus was, "Show me your heart, show me your glory." Uh, and uh, as we were singing that, I just had a sense that God wants, God really wants to show us His heart. He wants to show us His way. He, he desires passionately to show us His glory. I just remembered the story of, of Moses on the mountain where he says, show me your glory. I mean, remember that story in, 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 the, in the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you've heard of it. Uh, it's a great read, really. Uh, but it's uh, in the mountain, and, and there's this uh, conversation going on, and, and, uh, and the last thing is like Moses actually kind of throws in at the end, uh, uh, says, "Show me your glory," and God says, "Well, I'll, I'll have to hide you in the mountain, and I'll let you see that after you will." You get a full revelation. But, uh, and, and God desires, and he didn't he show he, Moses his, his glory. And Moses came down from the mountains. I don't know if you remember the story. What, what happened? Remember what? He was glorified in their parent's because he was so bright. <laughs> bright? <laughs> yeah, literally, he glowed. It's to the degree that it scares people. So he put a blanket over his head. <laughs> Which, to me, that would be scary. <laughs> so there was something so real that it physically changed him. Right? And the New Testament says that what we have promised uh, through uh, the, the, the New Covenant is greater than what was experienced or what was available under the law unto the Moses, okay? And I don't have the scripture I'll pull up for you, but uh, you can read it. It, it. The promise of us living in the new covenant, with uh, covenant relationships with God with His Son Jesus Christ, and the promises that are available, that the experience of God's glory is not to be compared with what was experienced by Moses. And so, we need to understand that God really wants to show you, okay, not just somebody else. Not just Bill Johnson, okay? Or some big famous TV preacher, right? He wants to show you. He wants to show me his glory, his ways, his heart. That's his desire. Well, uh, and another kind of interesting one If you like, Kathy came up and shared about um, just remembering the greatest miracle of all of the miracle of her salvation, and I showed her my notes. And my first line, of my nose is open with a salvation testimony. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so I, I, I want to show. I'm not going to go into the whole story, but some of you have heard it before. Uh, many years ago, when I became a Christian, uh, back before the internet, <laughs> a long time ago. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah okay. Yes. Okay, this is the point. I was I'm not. I was not a believer. Okay, I was raised in the Lutheran Church, uh, but during my high school and early college years, I, I not only just fell away, I actively denied, but uh, Jesus Christ, I sought out other uh, forms of. Religion or experience, and uh, I experimented and basically just used a lot of illegal substances <laughs> uh, and uh, stupid things. And so there was a season in my life where I was, I was completely messed up. <clears throat> but then, uh, through a number of things, uh, God started working in my heart, and uh, I remember as a student at Western uh, just feeling really horrible. i been around for for a while, and I don't know, for some reason I felt bad. I went to a church service on campus, and they uh, they said the Lord's Prayer. You know, in the Lutheran service, they recited every service. And I had grown up in the Lutheran church, and man, I should have known the Lord's Prayer, but I had forgotten it. And just the fact that I didn't, I couldn't remember the Lord's Prayer, it just, it just hit me. i just like, man, i really, I'm like, I'm losing it. I'm, it, it, it kind of stunned me, at least the level, of how far I've gotten, and uh, had disconnected with God. And so a uh, number of things were stirring in me to hunger, and God was kind of churning my heart and and doing things. And I was feeling discontent with the life I was living and uh, the emptiness of it. And so I actually began to pray. And even though I didn't know, I remember one time out in the field saying, God, if you're real, show me yourself. you know, show me right now. And I just kind of challenged him. Uh, um, and uh, eventually he did. <laughs> Not at that moment. But uh, I, I actually got a job in Lansing during the summer. I was, didn't have any friends there. Uh, Long series of circumstances that God positioned me in a town that I didn't have any contacts at all. I'm working in a factory. And one night, actually, uh, I was working third shift, and so I was asleep during the day. I got up, I was getting ready to leave to go get something to eat and then go to work. So this was uh, early evening, like 6 or 7 o'clock at night. Then I literally had just taken a shower, I was ready to go out to work, and I I passed out, I went into a trance, whatever you want to call it. One minute I was getting dressed, the next minute I was having a vision of a, uh, all I to describe the vision, I was standing, I saw what appeared to me the uh, face of a king. Uh, I was not able to distinguish the particular features of his face because it was so brilliant, so bright. Okay. And in his hand was a two-edged sword coming toward me, and behind, on the side of him, were these pillars. <coughs> and uh, in my dream vision, whatever you want to call it, um, I really—I was, I was filled with fear, uh, and I, I grabbed this wooden club I used to have in my car back in the day, and <coughs> I picked up this little wooden club that I made to whip out. And I looked at my little club and I looked at the king with his sword and you know I realized it was futile. And so I, I bowed down to one knee and said, I'm not here to conquer, I'm here to serve. And uh, as soon as I said that, I was awake in my bed in literally the Green Acres Motel on <laughs> twenty old twenty seven Lansing. And, the and uh, shaking and covering covered with sweat. I was like, whoa. I knew that was intense, or I didn't know why, it was intense, I knew that it was significant. But they had no <coughs> idea what it meant. And I hadn't read the Bible in years, but I knew God had visited me in some way. I, mean, I didn't understand anything, it was a weird idea. I went to work that night. Except Jesus, you need, to, you need to pray with someone. And this uh, Mexican American, uh, back then, could hardly speak English. <laughs> but I was so right for the picking. And uh, I was like, well, you know, if, if you want to pray for me, go ahead and pray for me. Because we were having this conversation. He actually asked me, he said, if you were to die tonight, would you go to heaven? And I looked him straight in the eye and said. Dude, you are halfway to hell right? wow. you know, So here I'm lying with <laughs> guy. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, he didn't get sidetracked by that. He needs you need to pray. And so go ahead and pray for me. My concept of prayer was you go pray by yourself, away somewhere, see so you do it. <laughs> But he was like, Pray. As soon as we get off ship, we'll go we'll go pray together. So we'll pray together. New context. <coughs> but not John. You know, To the factory, and uh, when we walked into the park, instantly there's this uh, uh, gazebo-type structure with pillars, and it hit me uh, like in the chest. This was the place that I had the dream. And on the way over to the uh, park. He read from Hebrews, which says the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, and no one can hide from him whom we have to deal When he read that, I started shaking. How did this guy know this? (laughs) I was getting really scared, you know. Um, And then we walk in, and I I and a friend of mine that I had met in the factory who had gotten saved a few weeks earlier, and those two had the (laughs) frame broken. We sit down on the grass and and Jamie uh, Rivera, his friend uh, of guy, came in and said, oh, when you come before the Lord, you should kneel like this. And he knelt out in the same way. And he had no idea what he was doing. He knelt that way because the grass was wet. <laughs> <laughs> but these three things combined, and I literally was shaking. I, I went forward to my knees, and he could tell the Holy Spirit moving. love me the salvation prayer. And through that experience, my life has been changed. Okay? Not a little bit, but totally. Okay? Complete radical transformation because of a supernatural revelation uh, by God. While I was yet an unbeliever, uh, revealing part of his nature, very interesting, combined with, wasn't independent of itself, but God then brought together someone from his church, one of his followers and come and speak into my life, and that individual spoke the word of God, and so they all came together and resulted in me being led by God. Okay? In a way that changed my life. Um, Acts chapter 16, verse 6. If you have your Bible, you can turn to that. There's another story. Even older. <laughs> Acts 16 All right, now this is uh, concerning Paul, uh, the Apostle Paul, says, uh, and his group of people that were out uh, preaching the gospel. He says, when they had gone through Pergia and, and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. Okay, anybody want to explain what that was like? The Holy Spirit forbid them to preach in Asia. it doesn't never nowhere in the scripture ever explain what that what what happened. So, it? and they came to Nysia and they tried to go into Bithynia, but the spirit did not permit them. was the last time the Holy Spirit prevented you from going? What, what did it look like? I, I was going to go into Walmart, and the Holy Spirit prevented. You from going. So I went to Target. <laughs> verse 9. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Our know, agents had seen the vision immediately. We sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. So they made a conclusion based on a revelation. They came to a dream after a series of uh, circumstances that forbade them going in several different directions. So Paul and his group were led by God through a supernatural uh, revelation. God changed the direction of Paul's life that night, right? This was the first time... Uh, anyone went into the onto the continent of Europe. It was through of this dream and 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 the uh, surrounding experiences of the Holy Spirit forbidding them to go to these other places. and he actually went into Europe. and from there he spent most of the rest of his ministry uh, planting churches throughout all of Europe. And the consequence of that was that you know the Roman Empire eventually became Christianized. And it's changed the course of human history. Alright? What? A dream. A vision. Really what it was wasn't just a dream or vision. It was the Holy Spirit's leading. And them being sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit and responding to it in a in a proper way. And so supernatural revelation is a key way that God directs his people. Uh, dreams, visions, prophecies, and even the audible voice of God are all uh, examples, as well as many others, Those are just some of the examples, by which God leads his people. In Acts chapter 8, here's another great story. Acts chapter 8, verse 26. All right. Wow. Now the angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise, go toward the south, along the road, which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. Okay, so what happened? So, now I'm assuming you're a Christian. And as a Christian, you believe the Bible to be true. Right? It's kind of we are. You believe the Bible to be true. Alright? It's worth and day. And it's an instruction book of how God relates to His people. Not a, not a history book of what God did, but a manual about what God does, right? Yes. Yes. So here an angel spoke to Philip. So angels speak to people. Yeah. <laughs> Arise, go toward the south along the road, which goes down to Jerusalem to God. It's like angels saying, hey, go hop on m 43, go out for <laughs> right. It sounds spiritual because there's places we don't know. was where he lived. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so he rose and was like, okay. And behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of Ethiopia, who was a charge over all her treasury, he had come to Jerusalem to worship, and was returning, setting in his chariot. Uh, <clears throat> and he was reading the book of Isaiah. And the spirit, now to hear the spirit speak, an angel told him on the Holy Spirit and he spoke to Philip says, Go near and overtake this chariot. Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and asked him, Do you understand what you're reading? And um, then there's a, a dialogue between uh the Philip and the eunuch, and the end result is that Philip preaches the gospel, uh, and the eunuch gets baptized. And as soon as they come out of the water, Philip is uh, miraculously transported to another place to preach the gospel. And the unit is like there alone in the in the river after being baptized. And the, the rest of the story is he goes back to Ethiopia and begins through him. Uh, the whole Ethiopian church that was a major dominant uh, church for many, many centuries, and there is still a remnant of the church existing in that part of the world as a result of this act. And so here, through the supernatural revelation that God gave to Philip, again, not only individual lives are changed, but whole nations and the history of of, of, of humanity was changed. Um, So, if God picks you up and transports you literally somewhere, that's probably the most aggressive form of leading. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, like God uh, grabbing you by the nape of the neck and throwing you over to the average I've never experienced that personally. I don't know if I want to. <laughs> uh, but these are just ways that God leads. Again, the question is, oh, I want to. We're going to look at several ways, and this may be, today we're going to look at this as probably the most dramatic, exciting, challenging possibly, but there are three primary ways that God God leads, and then kind of try to tie them all together. I personally have been led through revelation, through things like this, I told you in my testimony, how I became a Christian, but regularly, okay, almost daily, but not quite daily, Certainly, at least once or twice a week, I will experience some form of revel or a evil, where I feel God is leading me through revelation, okay? either a prophetic word, spiritual understanding, a dream, a vision, or God speaking to me by His Spirit. Right? This is not something that should be uncommon uh, in the church or among Christians. It should be something very common. Right, but it should be done in a way that's balanced and biblical. Alright? I've never outright heard an audible voice of the Lord, but there's been a couple of times I've wondered. And that's how strong I have heard God's voice. It's right? like, wow, was that, was that an audible voice? Was that? So, yeah. <coughs> all right, is this type of leading uh, biblical? Uh, first of all, the Bible, I want to be very clear, is our primary source of revelation. Reveal. Anybody know? Yeah. Comes from reveal? means the reveal. What's the word reveal mean? Make known that to remove something, that's something that was hidden to make it plain. Alright? So it's, this, it sounds spooky. Okay? Revelation. <laughs> Revelation actually is the opposite of that. It's something that is hidden to be made plain. Okay? It's something that's not known to be made known. So God's purpose through Revelation is to make known what you don't know. All right? To make clear what is obscure. Right? To make plain uh, what is complex. And so the Bible is our primary source of Revelation, and all Revelations must be submitted to this objective word. You know, No matter what you experience, it isn't going to change what's been written and studied for thousands of years. Right? And so this keeps us safe. And lots of people get wacky. Right? How many have known We How many are? <laughs> I've been wacky at times. You know? And and, and there's, this, there's this healthy tension between wanting to be open and led by the Holy Spirit and what God's doing, and wanting to be safe and secure within the boundaries of Scripture. And that's just a healthy tension in life. Okay. That's not going to go away, all right? Uh, because just like Paul and his group, they tried to go one way and then they couldn't. They tried to go another way and they couldn't. And then they had a vision and they concluded, "Ah, this must be the Lord." And so you see this dynamic. It wasn't just we went because you know Philip. He actually lived and said, "Now you need to go here." <laughs> now, and God can move in all these different ways, but He moves. Supernaturally at times, and this is something that we need to learn how to handle and to be led by. But we need to always submit any experiences, of subjective personal experiences, to the objective, unchanging Word of God. It's right to do that. Also, if you desire to increase in the subjective, you understand what I mean by subjective, personal view experience. If you want more. Oh, yeah, I'd like to have a vision. Oh, I'd like to have an angel. How oh, many would like to have an angel <laughs> There you go. That's the sound. thing. Angels. <laughs> Careful, what you ask for like. <laughs> yeah, Alright? But you know what? Angels are available. They're, all, they're sent to minister to us. Right? And so now you can do it inappropriately, and a lot of people do stupid things without blame God because they don't submit to the written word of God. So this is the the book, this is our objective standard, and if you have an experience, there's ways to evaluate that. But if you want to increase in those personal experiences of the supernatural God, you must increase in your experience with and understanding of this objective book. if you don't, you will ruin your life and ruin other people's lives. You will come up against me right, and be around me. Okay, got it? Because that's the one thing I'm pretty careful about. I love supernatural experiences, but they must be submitted to God's Word, and uh, that's my job, is to keep, keep it biblical, keep it safe, uh, but also push the envelope, and pushed into the things of God. Alright, so if you want to increase in the subjective, what do you have to do? Increase in the objective. That means you need to read the Bible, study the Bible. Is this type of leading biblical? Is it biblical to uh, experience these type of... Well, in the book of Amos, chapter 3, verse 7, it says, Surely the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secret to his servants, the prophets. So what does God do? Yeah, what does God do without revealing? Nothing. God doesn't do a single thing unless there's some form of revelation And that's it. Think about that. For a God doesn't do anything unless he reveals it. God reveals things and he does them. He has a purpose wants to change our lives, to change our communities, change people. You understand that? And so God doesn't do anything without first revealing. Do you want to know what God is going to do? He wants to reveal it to you. You just need to learn how to follow Him. Amen? Amen. All right. How about uh, Psalm 95 7. Psalm 95 7. For He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. Today, if you will hear His voice. That's a good, safe, solid scripture. Right. Today we're we the sheep of this past. Today. When? Today. Oh no, the tape wrote that thousands of years ago. This doesn't apply today. Yeah. Okay, it does not apply today? Well, does it apply today, yeah. well, does yeah. it apply today or doesn't no? yeah. it? Are we yeah, still the sheep? Yes. 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 So we should hear his voice. Yes. Two thousand, four thousand years ago? Yes. Yeah. Today? Yeah. Tomorrow? While yeah. right you're at work? Yeah. Yeah. You need to hear his voice. Oh, okay? okay. Mm-hmm. If we're a sheep. Then we should hear His voice. And Jesus says the same thing in John chapter ten. He says, "My sheep hear My voice. I know them, and they follow Me." He's talking about being led by God. All right? Jesus said, if, "If you want to be led by Me, you need to hear My voice. To hear My voice, you have to be My sheep." All right? So if we're in a relationship. He'll, uh, <laughs> Simply means that we're going to have revelatory leading. Okay, God leads through revelation, making clear, open things that are hidden and unknown. The more dramatic revelation, the more drastic the change required most often. Alright, I had a dramatic revelation that changing from being a non believer to a believer. The entire course of my life was transformed. Paul had a dramatic revelation uh, that led him to a whole new continent the rest of his life, and uh, the history of mankind was changed. Most often, everybody say most often. Most often. God leads in small steps. Listen, if we're waiting for a major revelation to be led in something simple, uh, in some simple little thing, it probably will never happen. And this is a common mistake people have. They're waiting for a major revelation to do something that's really pretty basic. Alright? Does that make sense? Alright? And then, we should not demand a sign from God to get us to do what He plainly told us to do. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's why you need to read the book. Because most of the stuff, he's just plainly said, tell- no, if you're a parent, or if you're a child that's related to a parent, and you're a parent, have <laughs> <laughs> been a child, or if you are a parent, cover everybody. Alright, and if a parent tells a child to do something, you know, and they don't do it, and you tell them again, and they don't do it, and you tell them again, and they make it really clear, and they don't do it. What happened? Discipline. Yeah, now what if the child says, well, listen, I'll take out the garbage here. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take out the garbage. Ah, you know all right. <laughs> and so we don't want to demand the supernatural revelation from God for something that He's clearly told us to do. To do it. That's not appropriate. And in fact, that shows us we don't have that right relationship with Him. That we're not submitted, we're not sheep, we're not uh, humble to God and His Word. And so, uh, um, you know, if God's clearly told you to do something more, but it's just clear in God's Scripture, then do it. Just be active in doing that. And as you're active in doing it, then He can lead in more significant ways. Are you hearing me? Right. A lot of people are waiting for some big, giant revelation to do something for God, and they waste their whole life waiting. Because they haven't done the simple, practical steps that get them to the place where they can hear and receive and do what God wants them to do in their lives. Are you hearing me? Okay? Really big important stuff. Paul was already in motion. Paul's example is great. He was trying to go this way, he was trying to go that way, and and so because he was moving, God was able to direct him. He didn't sit around and wait until God did something supernatural in order to get him to go out and preach to God. He was out doing it. Whatever God's called you to do, uh, whatever uh, life you're in, you need to be out there doing it, and then God can direct you while you're in motion. Okay? So, the application is this. God leads supernaturally. Amen? Okay? Historically and currently, it's something that hasn't changed. God does not change. He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. We need to be open to this form of being led supernaturally. We need to learn how to receive it. Uh, we need to increase in our object our understanding of the objective word of God so that we can be able to be trusted with an increase in the subjective uh, experience of God and his leading. We need to learn how to see the spiritual significance of things in our lives. This is probably one of the biggest things. A lot of people miss the spiritual significance. Um, and then we need to learn how to judge uh, what, what revelations we do have in a biblical way. I'm going to get into that more in the next couple of weeks. Uh, but uh, just to close with, there's a verse the in Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 10. It says, whatever your hand finds to do. Do it with all your might. If you want more experience in the things of God, you have to be holy. All right? It's okay for God to, to let you do with Paul, limit this and limit that. That's part of the process of moving forward, stepping into and fulfilling whatever God has called you to do in your life. Amen? All right. Here's going to come up and you do an Oh, I'm sorry to hear you, Dan. Oh, oh, dear. Oh, dear. Thank you. I'd like to welcome in.